Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guest. So I'd like to welcome my guest today. It's Barbara Ann Mojica. She's an award-winning and best-selling author of the Little Miss History Book. So welcome, Barbara. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Karen. I'm happy to be with you today. I'm really excited to hear all about these books because they're educational, not just for children, but for adults too, aren't they? So tell us about the series and what listeners can expect because you focus on American history, don't you? Well, you would think so, but not exactly. Uh, My focus is on topics that are of interest to a a wide variety of readers. Uh, My character takes us to many iconic sites like the Statue of Liberty, Mount Rushmore, but also to... um, places that are of interest to people all over the world because the connections in the book are uh, worldwide. For instance, I have a book on the North Pole. And in that book, uh, we discuss the eight nations that have territorial claims in the Arctic area. We discuss geography. We did discuss their flags, a little about their history, their culture, their native peoples. We talk about the wildlife. So in all of my books, I explore various issues, uh, environment, science, nature, uh, geography, immigration, literature, uh, the stories and the myths, how some of these things got started. And I talk about a lot of the people who have been forgotten in history. So I I like to bring out uh, those issues as well. And I like to bring to the forefront uh, people and places that are not sometimes as familiar to both children and adults. Oh, give me an example of who who we've forgotten, who you'd like to to remind children that, you know, that were a very important part of our history. Well, for instance, uh, in my Intrepid book, we talk about one of the heroes of the Intrepid. And the Intrepid was a battleship in World War II, but it also played many other roles in history. It was important in the space program, recovering space vessels. It was uh, important during the Cold War. It was important during the Vietnam War. But uh, one of the heroes on on board the ship in World War II was um, Alonzo Swan, and he was in the African-American unit because at the time during World War II, the units were segregated. And he was with uh, 22 other uh, gunners, and they, in fact, saved the ship. But it was many, many years until uh, they got recognition for that. And Alonzo kept at it. Uh, He was initially awarded a Bronze Star, but he was uh, eventually, after 50 years, awarded uh, the Naval Cross. So things like that, there were people like uh, Matthew Henson, who was the first African-American explorer. 
Uh, and we all hear about uh, Admiral Perry, but we don't hear about Africa, uh, the African-American Matthew Henson, who accompanied him on virtually all of his journeys, uh, not just the one to the North Pole. I talk about Native Americans, uh, like the in, in my Mount Rushmore book, uh, Mount Rushmore is a monument that honors four American presidents, but also uh, there are uh, the issues with the Native Americans. The Mount Rushmore actually was built um, on uh, lands belonging to the Lakota Sioux Native American tribe, and that territory was given back to the Sioux and then taken back again by the Americans. So now the Native Americans are building their own memorial, the Crazy Horse Memorial nearby. And I talk about children about, uh, to, uh, we talk about Native American rights. We talk about a little bit about the UN. Uh, we talk about, well, how should we honor the two great people? I also bring out little known facts like this. there's a secret room behind Mount Rushmore. Uh, People involved at Ford's Theater when Abraham Lincoln was assassinated at Ford's Theater. We talk a little bit about the theater, uh, what happened to Ford's Theater, how it was believed to be cursed. Uh, we talk about people who were there, again, uh, who um, probably not well known that there was a, a, another African-American man who was dating the maid of Mary Lincoln, oh. and he was at the theater with her on a date, and he happened to be uh, an, uh, a surgeon who wanted to fight in the Civil War, but who was turned down, again, uh, because of his race, uh, and uh, he was dating her, he was there, and he was actually present, uh, you know, when Abraham Lincoln was shot. He remained a family friend for many years, and uh, Mary Lincoln gave him one of Abraham Lincoln's shawls, which was in his family for many years after that. So all kinds of, of things like that, uh, that, you know, I, I think are of interest uh, because history is not about just famous people. It's about all of us. We are all characters in history. Exactly. And what's beautiful about the books is obviously they are children's books, but they're educational, like you say, for, for adults, for parents too. And the children, I'm sure, will ask many questions about these books. So it's going to get everyone talking about these forgotten heroes as such and forgotten landmarks. Well, that's, that's my uh, aim. And I do provide a list of questions when I do go uh, into schools and I do talk to children in person. I always bring uh, a list of questions things to discuss and, and leave the teachers or parents with. Uh, and I have a, a lot of parents and in fact, even grandparents who uh, who follow the series. And some well, of them love use... it because they'll be able to relate to it won't they, a little bit more, I guess. Yes. And hopefully a lot of them will actually have uh, the ability to go out and visit some of these places and experience because that's how history comes alive. Yeah, when you definitely. actually go really, and experience yeah. it. That's a great way, isn't it, to read your book and then take it with them to the actual site of what you've written about. So you've also written books on the military as well and space. Yeah, even prehistory. Uh, we, uh, I have a book uh, about the La Brea Tar Pits, 
uh, in uh, California. And that is uh, interesting because that, uh, that site is an active archeological site. That's another area I do hit. Uh, so when you visit the La Brea tar pits, you can actually watch the scientists clear, cleaning the fossils. Wow. And uh, they have created a nature garden, a recreated a garden with plants that would have been growing in prehistoric times. You can walk through there. You can see the skeletons of the giant mammoths. You can watch a 3D movie. And they even have a recreation of uh, the the tar pits, they have canisters that children can uh, go, go to these canisters and try to pull up to see how difficult it would have been to escape the tar pits. So wow. they, they experience what the animals would have experienced when they were trapped in the, in, in the tar pits. And what sort of age group are the books uh, targeted for, marketed well, for? They are picture books. So uh, I believe it or not, I do have fans as young as preschool. I have one little guy who, who just loves the tar pits. And uh, he actually sent me a picture that he created, <laughs> recreated of digging up the fossils. And he did get, uh, eventually got a chance to visit. He sent me pictures of when he was actually oh, at the site lovely, visiting the tar pits. So yeah, they're very young, but I, I target them most uh, mostly for uh, K to six. Uh, the uh, the reading level is a little bit more difficult, but again, uh, than than very young for very young children. But because of the pictures, you know, they can follow uh, follow through. Uh, and as well it's... as well as the little facts that you have in the book, you also have kind of questions, don't you, for the kids to answer at the end of the book as well. Yeah, uh, throughout, it's very interactive, uh, you know, asking for their opinions, giving them other issues to think about, like, uh, uh, again, environment. Uh, when we talk about Sequoia National Park, we talk about the redwood trees, we talk about the Sequoia trees. So there's a lot of science involved. There's a lot of uh, outdoor adventure involved, you know, the things you can do in the park, you can yeah. go rafting, you can ride horseback. Uh, there, uh, there are many, many outdoor activities uh, in the park, but it's also one of the most polluted places. It's, in fact, it is the most polluted national park, and it's sometimes unhealthy to breathe the air there, and they actually have to post signs warning, really? uh, warning the pair, the the uh, the visitors. So I talk about pollution and, and and what do they what do they think could be some possible solutions uh, to uh, our environmental problems as well as well. And what's what's what I love reading about is that the main character wears these big boots and they've got a little story behind them, haven't they? Oh, everything has a story behind it uh, with Little Miss History. Little Miss History uh, was created by my illustrator, who also happens to be my husband. Uh, and he has been drawing since the age of five. He does all kinds of drawing, uh, cartoons, uh, realism, surrealism, all kinds of drawing. But he decided it would be fun uh, to create this this character, uh, because I really wanted to make learning about history fun for kids. 
So we created this character and he based it on a younger version of me. So Little Miss History is uh, you. <laughs> is me. And she wears these oversized boots because they are uh, in memory of my father who had really huge feet. I remember uh, reading that. I did tickle me. <laughs> and they, they're hiking boots because I used to do a lot of hiking in the mountains or, uh, around here in New York. We have the Catskills and the Adirondacks. So I used to love to go hiking. And she wears a kind of a hikers or camp outfit. It's a little bit of, uh, symbolic of national parks, too, kind of an outdoorsy outfit. And the sunglasses. Uh, I was going to say, well, they're, the big, sun are they big pink, large pink sunglasses, yes, aren't they? Yes, they're rose-colored to rose -colored. reflect her, her, her optimist, optimistic viewpoint on life. And um, I actually did have a pair of sunglasses like that way back <laughs> when they were them? in style. Have you not got, still got them? <laughs> Oh, I wish I did still have them, but uh, no, I don't. But I have a pair very, very similar to those. So sometimes I dress up uh, kind of like Little Miss History. Uh, and tell us, tell us about your husband, because I know you just briefly mentioned that he obviously does the illustrations, but how, how he works through the process for the illustrations, because it's quite unique, isn't it? Because you go and visit these sites first, he takes the pictures. So talk us through the process, how he gets those pictures into the book. Okay, so the process is, we have visited almost all the sites with exception of a few. Of course, we haven't visited the North Pole, uh, <laughs> but uh, we do do a, a research visit with him. He takes most of the pictures. Sometimes I take some of them. Uh, we do that and uh, I come back and I research. My background is in history. My, my undergraduate and graduate degrees are in history. So I do have a research background and I research the topic uh, and I don't do an outline. I write a rough draft and uh, then I edit, edit, edit because in a children's book, you have to get down to the basic essentials for a picture book they're okay. all it's all about under, the images it's all about the images, right it's it? under a thousand words so it yeah. takes a lot of editing so i rewrite maybe 10 or 12 times wow. until i get it per down book. to where per i book. need to her book yeah. uh, and then it goes to illustration so when we're ready to illustrate uh we create thumbnails so my husband creates thumbnails he goes through the script he creates thumbnails and then he uh, lays it out. He, he decides on a background uh, because all, all of the uh, books have some type of background that's significant to the story. And he uses mixed media, doesn't he? Yes, the mixed, the mixed media uh, consists of the photographs and the backgrounds. Uh, the illustrations of Little Miss History, who appears throughout the book. And uh, also, uh, he does a lot of portraits uh, of the uh, main characters in the story. So there are a lot of hand-drawn portraits. Uh, some of them are based on actual photographs and some of, some of them are a combination uh, of of uh, different perspectives of the person, so he he does that in the illustrations as well, and uh, they are 
uh, hand, most of them are hand drawn. It's really, really cleverly done, isn't it? So Barbara, we're just going to take a short break and we'll be back in a few minutes time. Let me introduce our sponsor, Everything Genetic Limited, specialists in preventative healthcare testing, helping people to identify to see if they are at risk of developing common hereditary cancers and heart conditions. Based in Nantwich, Cheshire, they partner with some of the UK's market-leading laboratories, supplying revolutionary genetic tests to healthcare providers and patients for the detection, diagnosis and treatment planning of cancer, heart disease and other illnesses. One of their main aims is to democratise genetic testing, meaning everyone can take control of their own well-being and healthcare to detect any problems at an early stage when they are most treatable. They also offer a COVID testing service which is on the government list, initially launched to support clinical partners who were unable to get patients in during the pandemic. This service enables patients to come back into clinics to resume all important cancer testing and is available through over 200 partner companies. They offer a comprehensive range of coronavirus COVID-19 test kits and services for individuals, healthcare providers and employers. For more information, visit their website, everythinggeneticlimited.co.uk. So welcome back. We're talking to Barbara Ann Mohika, award-winning and best-selling author of the Little Miss History book. So welcome back, Barbara. So do you have a favourite book in your series? Uh, that's tough because I like different books for different reasons. Um, is it maybe a favorite place that you've visited or a favorite part of history that resonates with you? I, I think if I had to pick one book for its overall content, I might pick the North Pole because that covers so many different areas. Uh, I have I talk about Santa Claus and I talk about the history of Santa Claus, uh, the different cultures involved, the different myths involved, and how it's tied in with advertising and Coca-Cola and how that whole scenario yeah, of Santa began. and Thomas Nash, the cartoonist who made Santa Claus famous uh, through his cartoons. And then identify, he was the first to identify the North Pole as Santa's home. Uh, and then I have all of the geography and the, the countries with their flags and then the nature. Uh, I do a little bit on the wildlife of the Arctic and, 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 and what you can see there. It's amazing how much information you get into one book, though, isn't it? You cover so uh, yes, much. it kind of takes clever. on an identity of its own, you know, yeah. when when you go there and you 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 see uh, all of the different strands that are involved uh, just in one site, it, you know, it, and you, then you go off and explore how they might be connected. It really leads you in so many different directions and that's why I love history so much because it teaches children to be uh, critical thinkers and critical thinking is so important in any area of life if you don't 
understand how to think critically, you won't be a success anywhere. So I think that at least here in America, that is one of the things that is lacking in education today. Uh, children, uh, there's more concentration on what children need to learn and how they need to meet a certain standard rather than the process of how to think. Yeah. And so, think, you know. Yeah. And I think these books, obviously, you know, that's important as well, obviously. But the books are a great way to introduce history to children at such, you know, such a young age. But also anyone who's studying history at a higher level, even A-level students can pick out facts from these books that they may never have, have heard of before because they're that interesting, aren't they? They really cover everything. So why do you think it's important for children to learn the difference between the facts maybe in your book and opinions? Though uh, no, this is another really, really important they're quite right. young to have an opinion on things but it's good to learn isn't it how uh, to have an opinion. well yeah that everything today is uh opinion i mean uh one of the things you do when you study history is you you go back uh, you analyze a problem again this is part of critical thinking you focus on something then you analyze it you look at all of the connections uh what else was happening around it, the context, you know, who was there, how was it communicated? You know, how, how did they get this, this message out? And that's what's changed today, the way we communicate. Technology has dramatically changed the way we view things. So children today are a lot more prone to be sensitized to opinion rather than to facts. So they're on Facebook, they're on Twitter, they're, yeah. you know, they're, they're talking to their friends. It's so important to them to be accepted by their friends. Yeah, and, and to uh, be liked rather than have an opinion. They're too afraid, aren't they, to give their honest opinion on something because they might not be liked or respected for it. And I think that's something that uh, they have to really be aware of in, in studying anything, discovering the difference between the facts and the opinions. And uh, I do that a little bit on my teaching channel because I have a YouTube channel and, and I still do mini lessons. And I, uh, I try to help, help children understand the difference between facts and opinions and, and uh, you know, how they can distinguish that and how important it is to realize that when they're hearing news today, when they're listening, things that are being communicated to them, uh, are people giving them the facts or are they just hearing a bunch of opinions from people and they have to learn to distinguish that because uh, I think that's uh, taken over in education uh, you know yeah you generally see don't you on the news clips that the, the facts are there in in big print and then it's generally asking people their opinion when they're interviewing them isn't it the facts yeah, there's are no more part. new you know no no more like 
the old way back in the day, Walter Cronkite, and that's that um, that's the news. We don't just get the news now. We get five people's opinions on the news. And then is the media giving us uh, both sides of the story or are we just hearing one side of the story? So, you know, I, that's why in my books, I try to give them alternative questions to everything. You know, well, what, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. So how many books are there in the Little Miss History series? Well, right now, uh, there are 13 books and one coloring activity book. Uh, I am working on another book. Uh, right now, I'm working on uh, Thomas Jefferson's Monticello. And that book is, is now in illustration. So it will be out uh, in a couple of months. And I have lots more that I have, you know, tentative ideas for. Uh, so there will be. Any plans oh. to travel outside a bit further from America and maybe, you know, introduce some, a different type of history book? I have done extensive traveling, uh, but I haven't uh, done a, a book that was totally for um, European or Asian or, you know, focused uh, uh, on one country. Again, most of the books involve different countries. Uh, maybe in the future, I don't know, we'll see what happens with the situation uh, traveling, COVID, yeah, of and course. so on. It's starting to uh, get a little bit better now, isn't it? So, Barbara, how about authors that are listening today and they think and they want to be where you are? Are there any tips that you can give up and coming authors? Oh, I've learned a lot and I've learned a lot the hard way. I've made lots of mistakes. Um, I, I would say, uh, planning yeah the first, though the, the very first thing you have to have is a passion for what you want to be involved writing about if you don't have a true passion for it you won't be successful i mean there are people who who write these little mini ebooks and they throw them out and they use them as you know kind of uh, selling points for uh, uh their other products but um if you are i think you really have to have a passion to be a successful writer uh especially uh in nonfiction, you have to have a passion uh for for something um you have to be persistent uh because it takes a lot of time uh and a lot of energy you have no idea when you write a book how much else is involved uh it's yeah, not the writing, writing the probably book. is the easy part isn't it that that is the easy part because uh you have to have patience uh you have to be persistent you have to have 
so many skills that you uh, probably have never even attempted before. So mm -hmm. for me, it was very, the marketing was very difficult. I have no formal marketing background. And today you virtually do all the marketing yourself because even if you are with one of the quote large publishing houses, they do very little marketing for you today. So you are pretty much on your own with that. And then social media, of course, you have to be on social media uh, to spread your message because that's the way things are done today. Yeah, it's uh, pretty different, isn't it now? And um, I do, I did do a few videos on that. Um, again, on my YouTube channel, I have a couple of videos, tips for authors. Uh, I have articles on my blog as well. And I did one um, tips for uh, teachers who, who would like to be authors. So for our, for our listeners, how can we get hold of your books? Where can we buy them from? Or if anyone has any questions, how can they get in touch with you? Oh, uh, they can easily reach me through my website. The books are available worldwide. Uh, they are available on Amazon, uh, on uh, barnesandnoblebookshop.org, uh, IndieBound. Uh, and uh, it's very easy to get them. The best place to connect with me is my website, which is simply uh, www.littlemisshistory.com. And from my website, I have tabs to all of the uh, free resources that I have. I have links to my blog. Uh, I do book reviews and I also have the tips on my blog. I have uh, YouTube videos, as I mentioned, I have videos for kids, kids history, kid history told by kids, um, author tips, uh, teaching lessons. Uh, I have many teaching lessons every week on my YouTube channel. Uh, I have uh, a Pinterest board. So if somebody's just looking for something quick, I have a Pinterest board and I, I have like books by age, uh, you know, resources for parents for teachers and are these uh, all history books as well Barbara no no, no everything uh I, I like my teaching videos cover history science math you know I, I I've had 40 years in the education business so I you know I have lots of experience teaching oh, that, so uh, there fantastic. are everything if you go to my website you can click on you know Instagram YouTube Facebook Twitter uh, my blog, uh, everything uh, is is right there. It's all on there. So before we go, I have to mention that you're from the Hudson Valley. Now, I always think of the Hudson River and the aircraft that landed. So are you anywhere near that? <laughs> I am not very far from the Hudson River. In fact, in the summer, I like to go sailing on the Hudson River. Uh, and I love the Hudson River. Uh, I can sail on the same river that Henry Hudson came up and, you know, uh, it's just amazing. So, so much has happened. Uh, oh, it's been so lovely talking to you today, Barbara, and hear, hearing all about Little Miss History Books. So we wish you all the best and look forward to hearing more from Little Miss History in the future. Thank you so much. It was fun sharing with your listening audience. You've been listening to my podcast, Appetite for Life, also supported by sponsor, Danebank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. 
Would you like to be a guest on this show? Or maybe you're interested in a sponsorship package. For any further information, you can find me across various social media platforms as Karen Kelly Podcasts or send me an email, karenenderkelly at btinternet.com.